Thanks for coming. We're continuing with Oris HaTorah from Kuk. And uh, last week we learned Keta Aleph in, uh, in Piska Aleph in the first chapter. And now we're going to move on to Piska Bet. Uh, what I would like to do this evening, uh, not to say that there's less to take out of these particular Ketayim than the ones that we spent, we spent the whole time talking about just one, but in the interest of being able to to see the whole work and for what we talked about in the beginning, because there's so much more, uh, we're going to try and uh, cover a little bit of ground or uncover a little bit of ground. I don't want my Israeli professors to get upset at me. You don't cover material, you uncover it. So we're going to start with Piscabet. Uh, and Piscabet is uh, stunning, beautiful, radical, and builds upon a lot of the ideas that we talked about last time. So Torshabal Pemunachas Be'etzim as we said, is a product of the nature of the Jewish people, uh, which includes our culture, the way that we live, uh, the way that our communities function, and the way, uh, the way in which we've developed over our history, meaning the places that we've been and the sufferings we've endured and the successes that we've had also. So it's the very nature of the Jewish people to generate Torah Shabbat Peh and to, and, and to be generated in turn. Torah Shabbat Peh shapes our lives as well. And we know that also something we talked about last week, all of Torah Shabal Peh finds its connection to Shamayim, even though it's also Nitnit at Sinai, it's also given Har Sinai, finds its connection to Shamayim on the fact that is all based, tangibly so, on Psukim, on Torah Shabal and which is why you learn Gemara with the Tanakh and why, and why Tanakh is within the Gemara. Everything that happens in Torah Shabbat Peh itself is generated at the same time by Torah Shabbat by the Gilui Hashmimi, from the divine revelation, the heavenly revelation. In its revelation, in the way in which it comes to us, so Torah Shabbat Peh is lower than Torah Shabbat Of course, the, re- the revelation of Torah Shabbat is one in which God spoke to us and, uh, and we all died, our, you know, Parcha Nishmasam. Um, and then we begged to hear the rest of the Dibros, the, the last eight of them, we begged to hear from Moshe Rabbeinu. Uh, but it was certainly, with Kolu Subrakim, it was certainly a very powerful kind of revelation, a theophany, as we call it at Har Sinai. And, uh, and that was higher um, in its revelation than the revelation of Torah Sheh Baal Torah Baal of course, because it's a human-generated endeavor, with Ruach HaKodesh, but also built upon the Torah Shabbat Shav, it's, it's less so. We didn't get the Gemara at Har Sinai. We got the Gemara while we were in Galus. Over a period of many centuries, it developed into what it is. And over subsequent centuries with the commentaries, starting from Rashi and his grandchildren, the Bali Tosfos, all the way to the Rishonim, wherever they found themselves, in Artsot Sfarad or in Ashkenaz. So that is us. That's generated by us. That's not Kolus Ibrakim. That's human beings with eshtadlus and effort and Ruach HaKodesh through their efforts being able to interpret and to build upon the Gemara and to build upon these Pesukim. But also by the very dint of the fact that we know that Torah Shabbat is generated from Torah Shabbat So it must logically be a lower revelation than Torah Shabbat One led to the other. And it's all about relation over here. Our relationship of the, of the Jewish people with godliness, with the loftiness of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shechina, shal 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 
Meaning Rav Kook says, when we say the Torah Shebaal Peh is generated by human beings, it doesn't mean, though, that there's any less of a divine revelation happening. It's happening in a different way, and it's happening through a relationship of human beings in this world, living our lives, and a revelation from above, and, and what he calls the purpose of all purposes, right? That's, uh, that's basically, it's worth asking, what's the goal of Torah? I would say the goal of Torah is to make perfect human beings, human beings who are in the image of God. Um, and and I, I, I think I would base that statement upon the first chapter of Torah Medvorah, where the Ramak says that this is, you know, there's a lot of statements that you could find saying, what's the tachlis? What's the megama shalam megamos? What's the purpose of all purposes? What's the point? And Ramak says, the Ramak says that it's to, it's to emulate God. It's to be, it's what we would call dveikos, what we would call imitatio dei, if you're a modern Orthodox rabbi, right? It, it, it's imitating God. It's being like God. Being merachim, being compassionate, being erachapayim, being noseavum, being overall pesha. And, and really all of the beginning of Sefer Tomer Dvar, which I highly recommend for you guys three, which I actually thought of us learning instead of Rav Kook, I think outlines this megamashal megamos that Rav Kook is referring to. So because we're a nation seeking out the purpose of all purposes, so that's how Torah is revealed and comes to us. Avabitsurap nimis, but on a more inner level, However, and there's a bit of circularity over here, you have to ask yourself, why was the Torah revealed to the Jewish people? Meaning, how did we even get the Torah Shabbat Sav in the first place? I know what we did with the Torah Shabbat Sav. We called that Torah Shabbat Peh. But how did we even get to the Torah in the first place? How did the Ksav, the Torah Shabbat Sav, be revealed to us? Now, Rav Kook, here's where Rav Kook revs it up. Rav Kook says, it was by very dint of the fact that there was something essential, something inherent in what it meant to be the Jewish people, B'nai Avram, Yitzchak, V'yakov, and that it's inherent, it's baked into who we are, that we were the ones that the Torah be revealed to so that we would be the ones to do things with it. The development of Torah Shabalpeh. Meaning that there was something inherent even before we, met, we came up with Torah Shabalpeh, even before that process started, there was something within us, there was something essential that caused the Torah Shabbat to be revealed to us. Now what Rav Kook does with that is something very beautiful. And therefore it would seem that in its root, right, externally, Torah Shabbat is revealed at Sinai with Kolos Abrakim and Torah Shabbat is revealed in Galos built off of Mishnah and Eretz Yisrael, but all in the wake of the destruction or the impending destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. So externally, it's less of a revelation, but internally, however, we recognize that the people that are responsible, the human beings responsible for Torah Shebaal Peh, as Rav Kook said before, the nation that is responsible for Torah Shebaal Peh, meaning not just the rabbis in the Mishnah and the Gemara, but the people, the mothers, the parents that they came from, Right, all of Knesset Yisrael. When you look at Knesset Yisrael, we're the only reason that Torah Shabbat Torah came to us in the first place. So the Torah that we create, Bishorasha, Bipnimius, is higher than the Torah Shabbat That's the radical point over here, and that's it's a rather circular point. Meaning Torah Shabbat is higher in, in external revelation. We build on that in Torah Shabbat which is lower in revelation. But then we realized the only reason we had the opportunity to build on that was because there was something inherent with us that existed before Torah Shabbat Peh, which caused the revelation of Torah Shabbat in the first place. Therefore, Bishorasha, our Torah is higher than the Torah Shabbat Peh.
That's the idea over here. And Rav Kook's proof text over here, he says, Chaviven divrei sofrin, yoser mi divrei Torah. And this is from two Gemaras in Yerushalmi. And the Gemaras in Yerushalmi use a mashal for this. The Yerushalmi appears in Avodah Zarah. I'm just looking over here in the Merkoros. I don't have the Yerushalmi at my fingertips. Um, I wish I did. Right? So, but the, the beautiful story that the Yerushalmi says, the mashal it uses for this, the king that sends two emissaries. A king sends two emissaries. I'll read you the Aramaic. So... He says, this is the difference between, actually, let me preface it with this. Rav Kook writes, this is, this is not in the Makoros. Rav Kook writes in, in Oros, um, and it's on page, um, it's on page Kufchaf. It's in Zaronim Beis. So Rav Kook expounds over there very famously on the concept of Chacham Adaf Minavi. Chacham Adaf Minavi means that a wise person is preferable to a prophet. And you could think to yourself, how could that possibly be? A prophet, God is speaking to a prophet. And then we recognize prophecy is a rather complex, complex thing. Right? We find prophets that seem to evade God's word. We find prophets in Umas Ha'olam that are ostensibly Rishayim. Prophecy, um, prophecy is a rather complicated thing. But seems like prophecy is Torah Shabbat It's externally higher. But we say, Chacham Adif Minavi. But a wise person, a person through his Amal and Yigiyah, Without, a, without an Asrus Adelayla, on their own, coming from the bottom and working their way and learning and, and connecting to Torah through, through Chachma. So that's Adif Mi Navi. So the, Gemara, the Yerushalmi says, Navi Vazakin. So a Navi and a Zakin, Navi and a Chacham, Lamayin Domin. So to what are they similar? A king sends two emissaries to a different country. The king says, if he doesn't show you his credentials, if he doesn't show you, you know, his, um, his, his seal and his ksav shlichus, so don't believe him. He's not from me. Even though he doesn't show you credentials, believe him. Let him walk right through. By a Navi, it's written in the Torah, they have to give us a sign, a, a, a nace, uh, some sort of an os or an indicator. However, when it comes with Chachamim, uh, with we go by the Torah that they teach us. So practically, even in a, even in a halachic sense, we trust Torah Shabal Peh to a certain extent more than what would be considered a nevuah, not the nevuahs that were already accepted, but what would be considered is that idea clear to everybody? That's a beautiful thing, I think. And um, what, what time is it? Can anybody help me with the time? Because I'd love to finish the chapter. 10.16. What's that? 10.16. 10, 10, oh, fantastic. So we're going to finish the chapter tonight, boys. Beautiful. So let's move over to Pisca Gimel. Okay, Pisca Gimel. So if Cook gets even deeper into it and says, however, so why, I think you might, it might be worth asking, why don't we experience Tershah Bel Peh in this way? Why does Torah Shabbat seem to be rather, well, I'll put it in the words of the Gemara. The Gemara says, you know, that uh, from the day of the Chorban, that the Torah Shabbat nowadays in exile can be considered to be something that is very, I think we can say something narrow or something that, that doesn't reach or hit these, strike these notes of revelation that Rav Kook is is waxing poetic about. That, if, that it seems rather parochial and separate from life. Why, why shouldn't my, right? If, if I'm being shocked and awed to my, my soul leaves my body when Torah Shabbat is being revealed to me, 
And Rav Kook is telling me that Torah Shabbat is actually a higher kind of revelation, but Pneumius, how come I don't feel that? How come, how come I'm falling asleep in the base Medrash? Nobody fell asleep at Arsina. How come, how come I'm not rushing for that all the time? So Rav Kook says, well, there's certain conditions that need to be met. And I think that's why he's saying this, because certain conditions that need to be satisfied in order for Torah Shabbat to be the Torah Shabbat that we are indeed talking about. Listen to this. Yenikas Torah Shabbat he beginizam in Hashamayim, uvigiloim in Aretz. So where does where Torah derives its energy from, where it derives its 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 power from? So that's it's it's in the fact that it's hidden from Shamayim, that it's hushlich artsa, that it's given to us, right? That it's you know va'aretz nisn l'vnei adam, or if you want to think about you know tanishlich nai, it was given to us. Uvigilim in aretz, and its revelation comes from earthy, lowly things. That's where we find. That's where we find Torah Shev revealed to us. We find it revealed in worldly, mundane, sometimes quite lowly things. What does it really need, though, to reach its full potential, its full expression? It needs all of B'nai Yisrael, simply put, to be living in Eretz Yisrael and the proper arrangements of who we are as a people. Kohanim, Levim, Yisraelim, Tumatara. Mikdashu Malchus, kingdom, shoftim v'shotrim, right? And, and, and a temple, a place of worship, a centralized place of worship, Takash Barchum. Kahuna, v'nevua, priests and prophets, shoftim v'shotrim, v'chol tachsi sehem, enforcers, hashiva shoftenik v'rishona, right? Proper judges with wisdom, with divine wisdom. You don't have to worry about what they're ever thinking because we know they're connected to Torah, they're connected to Megamashel and Megamos, they're connected to the greatest purpose, they're all tzaddikim. We don't have to worry like we worry about our leaders nowadays. We can trust Torah. We can trust these kind of leaders. We, this is something that it's so, it, for people who live in the world of politics, or for people who live in the world of, of regular statesmanship, it's almost impossible to imagine what such a thing would look like. We almost would think it's inherently bad. Look how powerful all these people are. You know, who's going to prevent them from, from outrage? And certainly a cursory glance at Navi tells us that 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 sense would be correct. The Nevi'im railed against the failure of these Kairos, but in, in, a messy, in a perfect, pristine state, these are the most perfect way for human beings to, to live, to be governed, to, to run, right? When those conditions are satisfied, when you have that kind of context for it, so then you see Torah Shabal Pet in its most beautiful, gorgeous, unbelievable, splendorous glow. Parachas umalanitza, it sprouts forth, it blossoms, it, it almost shakes its feathers like a peacock showing off, it's in full bloom. And then it becomes even clearer the connection of this Torah Shabal Peh with the Torah Shabal that that generated, that had the thunder and lightning. It becomes the same, it becomes interchangeable. I, I would imagine it's much harder to see the connection between Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat when the people ruling on halacha are not 10,000 separate different din for every single community, but a Sanhedrin, right? That they're open psukim in the Torah telling us like who, who gets to serve in such a thing, right? Who are the kind of individuals that make it to Sanhedrin, right? Or I imagine the Hebrew of Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat is much more, uh, I, I can't imagine Zvachim being the same experience when you're bringing carbonus than when, than when you, know, you have no idea what a carbon actually looks like. 
when nobody, nobody for hundred, you know, for generations upon generations has even seen a carbon. That sort of cook means that that the connection between Torah Shavach Samech Schaberes the Torah Shavach Samech Hoshir Komaso, right? It's not like here's Torah Shabal Torah Shavach Sav and here's Torah Shabal Pe. In this situation, they're like this, right? They're totally the same. Begalus Nifredu Atomim and in Galus. And by the way, before I begin this next paragraph, which we'll finish with, this is when people toss out the phrase Torah Saritz Yisrael, at least when it's referring to Rav Kook, this is what Rav Kook is referring to. All right, Rav Kook is referring to Torah developing in the most pristine conditions for Torah to develop and for Torah Shabbat Sav to be revealed continuously through the Torah Shabbat. That's Rav Kook means Torah Saritz Yisrael. It's an incubator for this. Only when Mashiach comes, um, will all the world have that segula? Will all the wor- world have that quality and virtue? In the exile, so these twins split, they got separated. So Torah goes and it's beginizo, it's, it's now hidden, it's now difficult for us. The, in most practical sense, there's vast swaths of the Torah that are no longer relevant or no longer practicable for us. Right, Karbanos, Mitzvah Satlius Ba'aretz. If you can imagine what might excite an individual by Rav Kook about the potential inherent in secular Zionism, it was the ability to be machsir some of these aspects to the Torah, to bring back some of Torah Shabbat into this world. And also, uh, if you want a beautiful document that I think outlines this specifically, um, you could turn to the introduction to Hilchus Medina from 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 Eliezer Tzvi Waldenberg about Tzitz Eliezer and he talks about this in Akdama that there's portions of the Torah that we thought that everybody thought were going to be Hilchus HaLemeshicha that are now relevant like we got to start thinking about Shemitah we got to start thinking about like what Jewish police officers do we got to start thinking about like what does it mean to set up courts maybe right or maybe Mitzvah Tzvius Baharat other ones because it's getting real a little bit and this is what it means when Torah Shabbat Sav leaves us or goes away from our daily lives. The yard of Torah Shabbat Peb Omek Tachtis. And Torah Shabbat Peb went down to the deepest, uh, darkest places. Golos. And nevertheless, Torah Shabbat Peb receives sustenance. It is sustained. It receives energy. But what happens? How does Torah Shabbat Peh able to continue? And this is gorgeous language. I'm just going to translate every word here so you see this. And nevertheless, it receives a, a silent, hidden, subtle, subconscious yinika, sustenance, sustaining. There's something within Torah Shabbat Peh, even within the Dalet Amish Valacha, even in the darkness goes, there's something within Torah Shabbat that allows it to sustain because any other normal wisdom, any other normal pursuit of knowledge would have been snuffed out by this point. It wouldn't exist. And yet Torah Shabbat continues. It's, re- it's, it's enough to believe in God, actually. It's enough to believe in, in being a Jew is, is the durability of Torah Shabbat is the is, is the, the pricha, the development, the blossoming of Torah Shabbat That's enough. And that spark comes from the fact that they were once together. From the fact that Torah Shabal Pen, Torah Shabbat Sav, as Rav Kook described, were once together. So it leaves a Rishima. It leaves a trace. Right? There's a little bit of Lachluch, a little bit of sweat left over on the other hand when they separate. That's how Torah Shabal Pen, that's the Sviach Avar. That's, that's the residue of the past. 
And that's what remains. Mm, let's finish up. And this spark is what allows Torah Balpet to be sustained even in Dalet Amashalacha, even in the narrow Meitzarim of Galus. However, Torah Balpet gets further and further away from Torah Shabbat every day. That's Galus is powerful enough to do that. Until one day, that day will break. And the light of all lives, Kaddish Baruch Hu, revelation, a full Gilu Yashchina will come again from the store, from the storehouse of Geula Salamim, of eternal salvation. Meaning, we are going to see, right, Torah Peh feels lower and lower. It's harder and harder to focus, more and more sleepy in the base matrix. Right? It doesn't feel that close to Torah Shabbat, but it's still sustained, it's still there, and it will be there for all the Gullahs until they come back together. This is Or Olamim, it comes back into the picture, and it's all back together. Yisrael Yasechayil. And B'nai Yisrael, we are going to do our utmost. We're going to reveal what we really are. And we're going to do our best. And we'll be able to attain and understand the Torah Shabbat and its Chibur to Torah Shabbat in ways that we couldn't even imagine. I understand I might be over time. Let's just finish real quick if, with your indulgence. So Torah Shabbat will now start to rise up. Right, this language of like plants and blossoming, tzmichas gula seinu and tzmichas Torah seinu. Right, we, it's not for naught. The Zohar says Torah araisa kuchabrichu chadu. The Torah, right, araisa kuchabrichu Yisrael chadu. Torah, akadosh baruch hu Yisrael. So they're all one, and this is what we mean. Shchint begalusa. The akadosh baruch hu goes into galus with us, present with the Jewish people wherever we are when we sit and learn Torah when we make a benching and a kashbach, all these places that the Gemara says, Shechina is Shari Mayim, goes together with us when we dive in with a minion, right, the Dvar and but it's in Galus. So we're in Galus, kashbach is with us in Galus. The last thing we left out, Torah is also in Galus. And that Torah in Galus, when we get back, when the Galus is over, so then it starts to blossom out of its very roots. It grows greater and greater. And the Torah joins with it and illuminates it once again. It almost like, you know, the hand of Torah Shabbat Peh comes back up and it's covered in dirt and darkness and mire and cracked and caked and callous and the light, the healing light of Torah Shabbat Peh comes and, you know, it's a handshake, right? So that's what happens there. Bokir Tov, Torah Shabbat Peh. Tov, Jewish people. And the lovers joined together in the marriage canopy. And the Shama, the light of God, it's going to be hard to translate here. The Or The Nishama, thanks, Ami. The Nishama, I really appreciate that actually. The Nishama, I thought it was going over. I'm not going to translate the end over here. I'll say like this. Here's what I wrote in my notes. I'll tell you why I don't, I'm not writing this. Because as much as I talked about the omni-significance of every word in Rav Cook's writing, as much as I talked about the need to darshan up everything up to, for example, this point, you could still do that. You, you could still continue and, and, and take out over here. You could see the shorashim in, in, in Torah that Rav Cook is drawing, draw, uh, drawing on, the Makoros for all this. However, I think by this point, Rav Cook has segued into something different. What Rav Cook is segueing into over here, he's no longer saying Torah, he's davening. Rav Cook is davening here. Right, that this is um, that this is poetry, right? Right after this point, Rav Kook is engaging in poetry, right? Raya, Rav, Maran Arav has made his point. Rav Kook has said what he needs to say, 
So from here on out, he's davening. And Rav Kook does this often, that, that there's this havraka, this, this brilliant light, this amazing skira. He just gave us a total, in two paragraphs, a total skira, a total summary, and an eagle-eye view of the development and the relationship between Torsh Balpen and Torsh Baksav from Revelation at Sinai, from before Revelation, to Galus, to, to eventual Geula. Rav Kook's made his point. Now he's davening. And... Um, and I think, uh, I think it goes to show us the incredible genius, actually, of Ritzvi Yehudin and how he organized it, because this piska comes last. It's the third of the three piskos in the first chapter. And, and to show what the makoros are over here. So now let's translate the tefillah, knowing that this is a tefillah. Right, Ashi, I'm smelling another uh, book for you. Right, uh, we had the tefillahs of the Piazetzner, we had the tefillahs of Reb Nachman, Likutei uh, tefillahs. Now we're going to have Likutei uh, tefillahs of Kup. There's, that's a project for somebody to undertake. Right? You have to look through. Marriage, the union will be complete and the marriage can be. And the soul of God Almighty, right, who lives and, and, lasts, and, and lasts beyond everything in all worlds. Who is revealed. Whose power itself is revealed in Tchias Yisrael. Look at the Rav Salvechik in uh, you know, Kol Dodi Dofek. Not, uh, not for not using the Hadodim Yisachtim Ve'apiryonim. Right, that 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 Hakadosh Baruch it's a kiddush Hashem when this happens. We're not going to be able to get into it. It's a pasuk from Yeshaya, and the fact that the Levana, the moon, is smaller than the sun. It's yonik from the sun, like Torah Balpez yonik from Torah Shabbat. But the moon eventually, at the end of the days, the moon goes back to its right, its rightful place. The same, uh, the same partnership with the sun in the same way. And it's a messianic vision. The light between them will come back and penetrate from one to the other. And, and, and there will be a, a massive interplay between us and God. The light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. Take a look, uh, Google, or take out of your library, uh, The Moon's Lost Light, a book by Dvorah Heschelis. Uh, Mr. Dvorah Heschelis about this topic. It has a skama from... Uh, Rav Moshe Torsky, Hashem Yikom Damo, in the, uh, I believe that's Rav Torsky's brother's name, right? Did I get it wrong? Is it Rav Moshe Torsky who was murdered in Harnof? Rav Torsky's brother gave a haskama to that sefer, and it's a massive, beautiful uh, understanding of what it means, the moon's lost light, and what it means when it comes back to the beginning. For Cham and this will be a greater light, Pisheva, um, right? Seven times, 70 times greater than the light of the seven days of creation, the new creation, the new world. Hashem will heal all the wounds of his people and repair all the breakings of the Jewish people. So may that day come really fast. And until then, we're going to do our best to reveal whatever we can now in this low place of uh, the Or of Torah, of Torah Shabal Peh. Uh, just before I end, I want to tell you guys that as I was learning this this week, I serendipitously opened up Piska Kufyud Aleph, uh, number 111 in Sitka Satsadik. Uh, and I encourage as a companion piece to what we learned tonight uh, to read over that. Uh, and also for some special understanding of the Jewish people nowadays. Um, I, I went through it a few times this week because it's such a powerful thing, but I think it specifically describes the role the Jewish people have in being in the places that Torah Shabal Pez. Um, maybe we could talk about that a little bit more next week. Thank you guys so 